Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Amen. I just want to thank this house for being faithful all these years. Mark and Nancy, I know that they're at home this morning. I think they got in at like 3 this morning or whatnot. And I was at the airport at 4 this morning myself, picking up my wife and kids. Um, so I've been up since 2. So I feel like it's mid-afternoon. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But I want to thank Vic and Larissa as well. I, You know, I've been serving the Lord since the late 80s. And... Um, I've been to a lot of churches like most of us, and I can honestly say that I've watched, I sit and watch, and these people are truly authentic. That's hard to find, and I just want to say that I bless this house, and I thank Vic and Larissa for being who they are, and they are who they are. They are what they say they are. That's how they live, so I just want to say thank you. Thank you. such a blessing, and I'm honored to be a part of it. And uh, I don't want to be a drag, so I'm going to keep moving forward. Amen. So let's, uh, <clears throat> let's pray. And I do want to say everything that Vic prayed earlier. I, I fully agree with it. Fully agree with it. Let's don't get caught up in the theater of what's going on. Nothing is that as, as it appears. Nothing. This is all a working of the evil one. For he's the God of this world at this moment. So don't get caught up in it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. So let's pray. I ask the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give us this morning the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. I ask that the eyes of our hearts be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope to which we are called. I ask for a spirit of unity with one another in Christ Jesus. I ask that we would be rooted and established in love together with all these saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I ask that our love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that we may, may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ Jesus, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And Father, I just ask God, these are your people. And Jesus, you said when two or more are gathered, that you would be in our midst. So we just welcome you, Lord. It is you, Jesus, that gives us the right to even stand here today. Lord, it's because of your obedience, Jesus, that you love the Father and you loved us, God. That, Lord, from the foundation, before the foundation of the earth, God, you you, O oh Lord, saw us. You brought us forth. It's because of you, Jesus, that we can even stand here today. So we thank you, Lord, that we're gathered because of Jesus. And we're gathered in that mighty name, in Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, do you ever just think like that? We're here right now because of a work of God. So have you ever been driving down the road in your car and you're on autopilot? You just zoned out. Psychology would say you have been dissociated. You are not connected to awareness at the moment. You're just driving. You're unaware of things around you and then something gets your attention and brings you back into like situational awareness. It's like driving through a neighborhood and you're going like 45 
because you're listening to the radio or you're zoning out thinking about something and then a little little kid just darts out in front of you and you immediately wherever you were at you have come to awareness you are aware in the name of Jesus I pray that everybody here that our spirits would become aware and at attention in Jesus name So welcome those of you who have just now got here. This analogy, I think, is how we at times live out our walk in the Lord. We, become, we can become unaware of what's going on around us in ourselves, in our thoughts, in our actions, and our attitudes. We just get on autopilot. Sometimes we are blind and we're veiled to how we are truly living. As a disciple of Jesus, I believe it's a good practice every now and again to revisit the foundational truths regarding our relationship with the Lord. It's good to go back if you're married and think about when you met your wife. You go back to the very beginning when you first laid eyes on them. And with Christ, we come to that point and we go, Lord, I want to revisit the day that you brought me into awareness of what you have done for me before the foundation of the earth. See, God had a plan for you and me. This plan of God was made before he made creation. So just for a second, Jesus, who is the creator, by him and through him all things were created, he brought you forth in his mind, and he thought of Johnny, and he thought of Kelly, and he thought of Robert Folks. And he thought of how he was going to form him and his genetic code. And he knew what his makeup was going to be. And he knew what he wanted to grace him with. So that when he came through the womb into this physical realm, he would come into that awareness one day of who he really is when he was made. So to revisit our past bringing our past into our today. 2 Timothy 1, verse 8 through 9 says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. We are really old. We've been in the, around in the heart of God before everything that we see was made. Now, if you sit and if you begin to sit quietly and begin to meditate, just on 2 Timothy 1, verses 8 through 9, you will begin to break into an awareness, a revelation, an understanding by the Spirit that He wants you to begin to walk in that which He prepared in advance for you to walk in. There's two things I want you to make note of in this scripture. His own purpose. His own purpose. And by His grace. His purpose, His grace, His child brought forth now. He knew when He wanted you to come forth. Some He wanted to come forth in the days of the the carriage and the buggy and the horses. Some he brought forth in the Middle Ages. 
But according to Acts, God sets the time and the seasons and the days and the geographical location of when we come in and where we go abroad and when we go home. It's in Him. It's in Him. It's written. It's in a book. And it's in Him. We were made in Him. And now we live in Him. And it's to will and to act according to His good pleasure. It's in Him. Our life is not found anywhere else. It's in Him. That's why it says in Christ that we may be found in Him. In Christ. Because that's where all that He has planned is found. That's why it's so important to come into Christ. Because now all that he had planned can begin to come forth in and through you. Now let's be crystal clear. We have been saved by his grace through faith. And this is not of our own doing. It is the gift of God. Not as a result of my works. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It's the gift of God. For we are His workmanship, created in the mind and the heart of Christ Jesus. For good works. We were created for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Just camp on that scripture and pray through that scripture. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ's heart and mind before the ages began. Before these trees and these mountains were formed, we were already in Him. We were already there, intimately known. Not just as a, oh, He looked down the corridor of time and saw that this little guy named Mike's going to come to me. He knew me. He formed me. He gave me who I am. And He goes, you will be in me. So our lives right now aren't some happenstance because of our parents. We are an active, real time, I mean Facebook Live, plan of God brought to be living and active on this earth in Alaska at this very moment. This was his own purpose. This was his purpose that you would be here right now. However you came to Alaska, it's his purpose. It's his purpose. Brought forth by his plan, executed by his grace. Not because I had a good idea. Ephesians 1.4, even as he chose us, where? In Him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. We are to be holy and blameless. He called us in Him to be what He called us to be, holy and blameless. Before Jesus' creation, we were in Him. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I set you apart as my beloved. For you are my beloved and my beloved is mine. I formed you and I consecrated you. For you are mine. And I appointed you 
a prophet to the nations. Who you are and what you were called to do and to be was established and settled before creation was born. And the only one that can stop it is us. Let's break this down. Jeremiah, I created you. Jeremiah, I knew you intimately before, before I formed you in the womb. I knew you in the womb of Christ Jesus in his heart and mind before he put us in this physical world. Jeremiah, I set you apart by my choice. And I have put my purpose in you as a prophet to the nations. That's why when the Lord tells us something, we need to agree with it. We agree with it. We might not see it. We might not understand it. We might not even believe it. But we need to start by saying, your will be done. Your plans come forth. Your purpose live in me. Let the books be open and let the writing that you had come forth in my life. Amen. Our life planned out in Christ Jesus before creation is to do good works. And he has gifted each one of his called out ones in him for good works. He created us, he called us, he gifted us, and he will glorify us. So, now that we've established that it's in him, we live and move and have our being, it's in him. That's why it's so important to be in him. And spend time with him, listening to his plans that he established for us to walk in. Not Mike's plans, not Vic's plans, not Robert Folks's plans, not Mark and Nancy's plans, but his plans. His plan. We must look out and be aware of drumming up our own works that are not found in Christ Jesus. These are those works that will burn up when we stand before him because they are not formed in him. They weren't formed in him. So he's like, look, I know what I have kept for you and I know that I will give you a reward for what I did and what I brought forth, but these other things, they aren't coming. So I don't want to be quick to build things that God's just going to burn up. I just pray awareness come upon us. An awareness of when I go to pray, I'm not just doing it because I need to. I'm meeting with Jesus. I'm meeting with him who has written me. And you on the palm of his hand. And he has a plan. And we would just do so well if we would just listen. Isaiah 64. 4. We have all become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind. They take us away. Our works are filthy rags. Now we were born... In Christ, holy. But then when we came into this earth, we became a sinner. We were separated from him. But because of his mercy and grace, we heard the gospel. And it just seemed like, this is right. Like, this is right. It was almost like it's taking me back to something that I've known. I don't know how I know it, but I know it. I am his. I am his. And then you get the revelation as you read the word, the written word, that I was in his heart a long time ago. Yes. Amen. Yes. I can walk in newness of life now. And my days are planned in him. And nothing can touch me until he declares you're done. The works that have been prepared by God for us are his perfectly righteous works brought forth in and through us 
by the Holy Spirit. Our works are found in relationship in and through Christ Jesus. Now we should see why it's so important to seek the Lord for His work. His plan. His purpose to be brought forth by His grace. This is not of our doing. It's Christ Jesus in us, His Spirit, His calling, His purpose, His anointing, His plan prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yep, I said it again. And I've repeated myself about ten times already. Because we need to understand this. And for those that do, bless you. Live it. And enjoy it. Ephesians 3, 9, verse 3, verses 9 through 11. And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church... What Vic was saying earlier, that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God, I'm just going to stop there. The manifold wisdom of God is that when he created you and me and all of our brothers and sisters scattered throughout all this world under whom the banner of the Lord Jesus stands, even though this world system is not created by God, this is a satanic system We are living in Egypt under a Pharaoh, and instead of Moses coming, Christ is coming. And he's going to deliver us out of this world system. And then he's going to judge this world system. And then he's going to scrape it away and build his kingdom. Amen. Amen. But the truth is, is there's so many that don't have awareness yet. They still don't know that they were formed in him in the beginning. That's why we need to begin to open our mouth and declare the gospel to all. All. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God... All the gifts and the graces that he's poured out to each and every one of his own begin to work in unison together. We might not know it. We might not see it. But God is orchestrating a pattern. And it's beautiful. And it's the plan of salvation for his body. And this manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Because they're looking and going, wait a minute, what's happening? This isn't good. Verse 11, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 1 verse 11, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined According to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Psalms 100 verse 3. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. And we are his. We are his people. And we are the sheep. Of his pasture. My goodness. Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you. Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Hebrews 13 verse 21. Equip you with everything good that you may do his will. Not your own will. Working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 10. He has equipped you with everything good that you may do his will. You are already equipped 
to do and to be all that is in his heart for you to do and to be. You don't have to be Joel Olstein. You don't have to be T.D. Jakes. You don't have to be Francis Chan. You don't have to be anybody but who God made you to be. And why would you want to be anybody else? First Corinthians 12, verse 4. Now, there are a variety of, of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Don't judge your brother for what they're doing. They've been given a grace and a job, and a plan, and a purpose. Let the Lord be God. And then let his enemies be scattered. Just don't be one of his enemies. So let's recap. He created me. Everybody say, yes. He knew us. He saved us. He appointed us. He equipped us. He rewards us for doing the very things that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in. What a deal. What a deal. God works in us to will and to act. He equips us to do what he called us to do. He doesn't ask us to do something he hasn't graced us to do. He doesn't ask us to do something he hasn't graced us to do. So every lie of the enemy that works against your mind telling you you should be doing this, but you just don't really think that, but you just think I should be doing that, take it to Jesus and say, is this you? Is this you? Bring every thought captive. You are a citadel. Remember the citadel days? You are a citadel. The reason we named the church the citadel is, well, I won't get into it, but I'll just say this. You are a citadel. Let your walls be built in truth. Tear down the walls of lies that you inherited and build walls of truth. Shut all the gates, my eye gate, my ear gate. Shut all the gates that would allow the enemy to have access. And in a little bit, we're going to pray through and kick everything out. We ain't going to just talk about it. It is His Spirit that empowers us to do His will, His plans for our lives. The Lord told us that we are His fruitful trees. We should be abiding in Him. And that as we do, His plans and purposes prepared us for us in advance would come forth. John 15, 4, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Those trees in my backyard in Sutton right now are fully alive, but you can't tell it. But when springtime comes and that energy that's stored in the root system begins to come up through the branches leaves pop out that branch did nothing that branch did nothing it just stayed and allowed that energy to stay in him and then when it was the Lord's timing set by his authority that spring would come forth they blossomed We just need to wait. As believers, we have been given a new nature, a heavenly nature that is in direct conflict with our old sin nature. You talk about Ukraine and Russia, not trying to make light of that, but that's going on in us. That's going on in us. My old nature. And God doesn't take it away. He tells us to crucify it by His Spirit. Put those things to death by the Spirit. That's what he says. We do have a work to do. 
And that is to partner with the Lord in obedience. And as we yield to the Lord, those things in us, like John the Baptist says, become less. Now, as we are on this journey of living out the remainder of our life in Christ, you see how valuable it is to live our life out in Christ? Because that's where our life is hidden. That's where the plans are. That's where the purposes are. They're in Christ. We are now being daily conformed to the measure and the stature of Christ Jesus. Man, Mike's changing. He's looking different. Like the scripture says, who is this coming up out of the wilderness? Is it one or is it two? I mean, two went there, but one is coming forth. Leaning on her beloved. Let us be found leaning on him. Leaning on him. Leaning on him. Leaning on him. I want to give John a run for his money. John was the one that had his head laid up against Jesus' breath. I'm like, I'm not into competition spirit, but John, get out of the way. I want to lean on him. When it says, come up and set yourselves at the table, I want my seat to be wore out. I hope that makes sense to somebody. Not by my works, but by he who calls us. He calls us to abide. He calls us to seek his face. Ask, seek, knock. Continually pray, continually pray, continually ask, continually seek, and let me be conformed in you. Now, I'm going to run through this really quick. The Apostle Paul said that the marks of a genuine believer should be ever increasing over the course of our lives. If we're living in Christ Jesus, our life in and of itself, because it's his work, we are beginning to be conformed. Romans 12, 9. The marks of the true Christian. Listen, the following is not a list of do's. This is not a checklist. They are attributes of your new nature as you begin to walk in newness of life. As we follow Jesus, we walk in his light and his ways are being found in us. Being conformed to the measure and the stature of Christ. Do you think that Jesus, all that he has in his heart for you, do you think he wants it to come about? Do you think it, you, I mean, let's just be honest. Do you think that God wants to fulfill all that he has in his heart for you? Well, the answer is absolutely yes. He who began a good work will complete it if we abide in him. If we abide in him. Let love be genuine. The Lord is developing within us genuine love for the brother. Genuine love. Not Sunday smiles. Genuine love. Abhor what is evil. The Lord is teaching us to turn away from evil as we yield to his commands. Is it difficult sometimes? Absolutely. And anybody that says it's not, they're not being authentic. There's days when that old nature just seemed like it drank some spinach like Popeye, and all of a sudden it's ready to do something. And I'm just like, who is this coming up from the wilderness not leaning on her beloved. Hold fast to what is good. Not hold slow. Hold fast. Be quick to forgive. Quick to obey. Don't be slow of heart. Amen. Don't be slow of heart like some of that Jesus said. He's slow of heart. 
Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit. See, I'm not so weird after all. Be fervent in spirit. Look at the word zeal and fervent. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty. Associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil. Give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Never avenge yourselves, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, Give him something to drink. It doesn't matter what he did. Believe me, three years ago, I needed to hear this every minute. The very thing I wanted to do was expose everything to the world. And the Lord said, well, when you were doing those things, would you want those things to be exposed to the world? And I said, I'll begin to pray for my enemies right now. Because basically, I was operating in the same thing. So, do you think the Lord wants his plans for your life to succeed? Or are your plans okay? Now begin to put the parables of Jesus based on this understanding. Build your house on the rock. Who's the rock? Don't build it on sand. Your plans. Because when we stand before him, wood, hay, and stubble... That's Mike's plans. People can try to pressure you into doing things too. Oh, Mike, I can see you doing this. I bet you can. But I want to see what he saw. I want to know what he wants me to do. Because Mike's words aren't living and active. But his are. And when I'm living in and through him, he is living in me. And his words are coming forth. And his plans are coming forth. And his purposes. And no weapon that's formed against me in him will prosper. But if I'm over here in my own little self, I am nothing. And the devil will just be like rubbing his hands together. (laughs) I'm going to sift him like wheat. Thank God, Jesus said, I, Peter, prayed for you. Because when Jesus says a prayer, he ain't hoping it's going to work. So I tell the Lord all the day, pray for me. Pray for me. All right. He who runs a race... Listen, we as believers are all running a race towards Christ, learning to run with him by his strength and his spirit as he unfolds his plan for our life. He who runs a race must never stop short at the end. Are we nearing the end? Depending on your eschatological view, pre-trib, mid, post, whatever, doesn't matter. We are all getting older. And we are moving forward toward the finish line. But we don't want to stop short at the end, but press forward as fast as he can in holy desires and hope. There's no getting to heaven as our home, but by Christ our way. Christ is the way home. There is no other way. I don't care what Oprah says. I don't care what T.D. Jakes or anybody says. Christ is the only way. Don't listen to anyone that doesn't declare what Christ said by his own mouth. It's by his own words that we believe and receive and reject the voices that are out there. They might be great people and we should pray for them. But listen, we were formed in Christ 
not in them. As believers, we must seek the death of sin by crucifying the flesh with its affections and lust. Believers make Christ all in all and set their hearts upon another world while the enemies of Christ mind nothing but their sensual appetites. We are to be kingdom-minded. We are setting. We are already sitting. We have been set in heavenly places. So let's keep dwelling in heavenly places. And what I mean by that is we literally, by faith, are living already in a heavenly place. Far above all ruler and authorities and principalities. But our problem is, is we don't live there in our minds and in our soul. We live down here just dilly-dallying around in, in the things that this world has to offer. But if we would come up thinking and walking and seeing, keeping a kingdom awareness, we would rise above it. In a nutshell, there are three things that we as believers are at war with that impedes the Lord's plans coming forth in our life. This is what impedes what God had established in Him from the beginning. This is what the Scripture says impedes, begins to slow down, stop altogether the world. The present world system that tries to bring us down. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Whatever the world is celebrating, you might want to double check it. Even our religious holidays. Research the roots of Easter. Research Christmas. I'm not going there. I'm just saying, research it. The flesh... The flesh is our old sin nature. It is the nature we inherit at birth. And then the devil. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy the purpose and the plan the Lord has established in Christ for you. So, what are the three? The world system, the flesh, our sin nature, and our adversary, the devil. The life of a believer is in heaven where his head and his home are and where he hopes to be shortly. He sets his affections upon things above and where his heart is there, that's where his conversation will be. The prize of the believer is the crown that is incorruptible in heaven. We have been called of God to secure the crown. It may be his if he will not faint or tire or look back. Hebrews 10, verse 37. Yet in a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But Paul says, we are not of those who shrink back. We have not been given a spirit from the Lord to shrink back. We have not been given a spirit of fear. Or doubt. So if fear or doubt or lustful affections are coming against you, awareness, that's not the Lord. So look at it as an enemy. Situational awareness. Situational awareness. Being aware. I'm on the inside. I'm inside this temple looking out of these windows called eyes. But I know what's going across my mind. But I'm not my mind. I won't go down that. All right. In Revelation 3.20, there is a scripture that says, Jesus stands at the door of our house, our heart, and desires to come in. The Lord sees what is in our hearts. If the Lord is standing at the door of our heart, 
in our mind and is knocking, he is inviting us to open the door because he wants to come in and bring forth his plans and purposes that he has planned in advance for you to walk in. That's why he wants in. He wants to bring about what he desired in your life. The question we should ask ourselves is, if we aren't allowing the Lord to come in, what are we letting and allowing into our lives through the door of our heart and our mind and our ears and our eyes? What are we allowing in? When I open the door of my house, I'm either going in or going out. I don't let evil people, robbers in this analogy, come into my house. Protect your house. Guard your heart, your mind with all diligence. Why? Because Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy the plans and purposes of God in your life. He doesn't want you to get a full inheritance. So if you would stand with me. We're going to pray this prayer. And I'm just going to ask right now, I want everyone to just, before Jesus, open up your heart and mind to Jesus right now. Right now. He ain't mad at us. He's beckoning us to come to him. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of opening doors to things that are not your plans and purposes. Lord, I no longer want those things that came through those doors to have access within me. Lord, come into my life. I open it for you now. Come in. I remove all the things that were let in through my disobedience. Now, Holy Spirit, right now, I want you to just pop in the minds of these people the things that they have allowed in through not maybe not willful, but just whatever the case. Lord, bring it to them and just quietly just repent of that. Just say, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm turning from that. I don't want anything, any partnership with that thing anymore. Any oath that I took, any vow that I took, I renounce it in Jesus' name. I don't want that anymore active and operating in my life. Lord, we ask you right now, as we open up our heart and our mind to you, say this, we give you full access. Do you mean that? We give you full access to our temple and ask you to come into our mind, our will, and our emotion. Come into your temple and drive out everything that's not of you. Just like you did when you walked into your father's temple and saw things operating that are not to have place within us. Lord Jesus, we give you permission. I want everyone to say that again. We give you permission to drive out every and all things not of you. And we ask you to fill us afresh with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray right now. They have given you access by their own mouth, by their own words. So Holy Spirit, I just pray like a wind and a fire, you would begin to move in your temples. And that you would fill them with oil of your presence in Jesus' name. Lord, I repent 
which means I'm turning away and closing the door to things that I used to do. And I used to allow access into my life. I ask that all access of the enemy's ways and workings be closed, driven out, and I ask the Holy Spirit to seal those doors in Jesus' name. Renew my heart, O oh God, and put within me your Holy Spirit and lead me into life and holiness which without no one can see the Lord. I am sorry that I have allowed things into my life that's not of you. Things that ultimately want to see my destruction. And this is our adversary's desire. His desire is to trap us with the sin that he knows can so easily entangle us. I'm just going to read the rest of this. The scripture says that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It's the blood of Christ that cleanses us. And it's the resurrection power that allows us to walk in newness of life. We need the blood and we need the Holy Spirit and newness of life. We have, we have need of the resurrection power of Christ Jesus operating in us. That's our hope. Holy Spirit, come and fill me with your rest. Come and fill me with your life. Fill me with your mighty power, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, and help me overcome sin and death. That I would not receive the wages of sin, but I would receive the gift of eternal life by faith in the work of Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection from the dead, being cleansed by his shed blood. Once again, we give you access, Lord, by faith to cleanse our temple. All right. If you are in a place in your life, just like in a marriage, just like in a marriage, how many have been, in he been here been married over 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, amen? Shalyn and I have been married 28 years, and believe me, it has not been a cakewalk. And she could tell you all day long, it's a difficult thing. Marriage is not easy. It just isn't. Just like working a job with a difficult person is not easy. But a marriage is different. You've made a covenant between one another. To know one another, even in that which you don't want to know. But you begin to love them with an everlasting love that overlooks those things. And you, you begin to almost look at them as they're just cute. That's called resurrection power. Just like in a marriage, how much more so do we need to fall in love daily with the Lord Jesus Christ? I don't want to just maintain a relationship with my wife. I don't want to just get along. I want to fire toward her in my heart. And I don't want her to want somebody else. I want her to want me. And she wants me to want her. Christ wants us to want him. Let him get the benefit of what he did. Let him get the benefit of his suffering. That we would dwell together and spend time together and communicate with him daily. And tell him your struggles. Tell him the things you don't understand. He wants to hear it. He says... Away from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. He wants to know us. What does that mean? He already knows us, but he wants us to open our mouth like we do with our spouses and begin to dialogue. I want you to know me. And you might not want to know these things. And he goes, I already know. Bring them to me. Let's reason together. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. 
And I'm going to leave you with this. One of the graces that the Lord has given me, and I'm not up here thinking I got a ton of them. I'm just saying one of the graces that the Lord has given me. And the reason I say it's a grace, because this isn't me. I just want, I mean, I hope you guys understand this. Like, whatever ability that we have, it's His. It's His. So I'm not sitting here saying I'm a special one or anything like that, even though we're all uniquely made and we're special. But I want to know Him. I want to know Him. I want to know Him as best I can here. Here. Not later. I want to know him so that when I get there, I'm like, hey. Because we've been walking with one another. And we've been talking together. And crying together. And leaning on one another. And sharing our burdens together. This is what we need to do now. This is what he said to me this week. I do not exalt my own words that I get from God over the Bible. I will throw every word I've ever gotten away just to have this. It's his words that bring life. So this, what I'm about to read to you, don't set it on no pedestal. I'm just saying receive it, and if it works, good. If it don't, throw it away. But I was praying, and like some of you know, sometimes the Lord will wake you up speaking to you. Like you're in a dead sleep, and you get woke up. He's speaking, and you run to get a piece of paper because you're getting a feed. You're getting a flow. And he says, he woke me up, and he goes, those who I am filling now have paid a high price. And I thought of the price of oil and gas and I go now isn't that something as we're paying a high price the Lord is using an analogy going those who have been through difficult times the, the journey that I had called them on has been difficult and it's been long and it's been a conflict it's been difficult but I am about to fill them I will multiply I will multiply the mileage that they can travel as, as this is heaven-made energy through suffering. The adversary thinks they are empty and broken, and in the natural, it appears that way. However, they have been trained by war through conflict after conflict. This that has come from my hand has prepared them to carry my oil for the days ahead, for the days ahead will not be easy to reign, but it will seem light to those who have endured my wartime training and have graduated from my war school. These are the days of great shaking and tumultuous testing. Those who have built upon me will stand the test. But woe to those who have wasted their times on self-indulgence. For the rain has begun and the creeks are beginning to rise. And very soon they will take many by surprise as that which they have trusted in will be washed away. So I say rise up my trusted ones. The day has arrived and your greatest days are yet before you. For you have been prepared to carry my best wine for the greatest hour. Brothers and sisters, if there's ever a time to be serious about the things of the Lord and to get your heart right and to, to let the Lord come into every room in your heart, all the rooms of your relationships, all the rooms of your conversations, all the rooms of holding grudges, all the rooms of unforgiveness, whatever it is, say, Lord, come in. Come in and clean me out. Come in and go through every room. 
and fill me, fill me and wash me with the fountain of your presence. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Because when we stand before him, we're not going to want to be ashamed because we didn't allow him to come in and do what he needed to do. I love you and thank you for the opportunity. Lord God, have your way. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.